welcome to Highly Questionable. My father is furious because he's not going to get enough airtime today because we got something going on to talk about. What do you like on the show today? Is no, it's the best part of the show today, an interview with Tyson Fury, which, shockingly, I'm not a part of. He's not a part of. It runs too long. My father's upset about his TV time. Dale, papi. Is my book holder been a big baby by complaining about Drake? What is his name? Book holder. Hold my book. Uh, Bookholder is not the coach of the no. Milwaukee Bucks. That's okay. We'll keep it moving, though. Budenholzer was surprising to me in this respect because I originally thought, wait a minute, are they asking Nick Nurse whether he objected when I read the quotes? And it would make sense if Nick Nurse objected. But the losing coach, Mike Budenholzer, who looks like a sad clown who's met unemployment and doesn't have his makeup on anymore, that guy doesn't like other people being touched when he's losing by 20 points. This is what happens in the league with self-serious coaches who don't like t-shirt cannons. They like them plenty when they're winning. They don't like it when it's 2-2 and they just lost by 20. I will say this, though. He was asked a question over and over again until he finally said something. But what he actually said made it seem like it bothered him. He knew that Drake was over there and he talked about it not being a cool thing to do as a fan. Here's the thing, though. I see this as an opportunity for Nick Nurse to pretty much be the coolest coach in the league. Like, come out and do an interview on a massage table. Just do something interesting, because this is sort of the coolest thing you could do. Mike Budenholzer looks like an old, angry man from Wisconsin right now, and that's not really giving him much street cred. Oh, I know what is happening here. He's very jealous because he's not getting a massage. Are you kidding oh, me? Right. He sees the other guy getting yeah, a hell of a massage, and he's right there holding too. it back. Yes. He gets nothing. Well, yeah, nada, you know what I mean? Nada. I say, that's not fair. Nada. You know, I'm, I'm the guest here. I he's winning. He already the feels that's good. Right. That's, that's, that's what's happening with him. He's man. What's we'll signing Kyrie Irving fix the Lakers? This is under the assumption, I think, that the Warriors get disbanded. Kevin Durant leaves. And now, are you in the game with Kyrie Irving and LeBron James? The only model we have seen beat those Warriors was with Kyrie Irving as the second best player. You need other things. They're older. You have more questions about them. But LeBron and Kyrie are the only thing we've seen in the league that can actually knock off what we've seen of the Warriors. So, yes, them two together would change the landscape for that team. I think it changes Kyrie. I think if Kyrie goes to Los Angeles, he's viewed as the in-his-prime superstar savior to LeBron James. It's almost the reverse situation in Cleveland where LeBron swept in and made Kyrie, as much as Kyrie does not want to admit that, helped make Kyrie, turned him into this guy who could be a number one, and then he got shipped off to Boston. Here, not only will he be a better player than he was his first couple of years in Cleveland, but you're looking at a guy who, after LeBron retires, can continue his career in L.A. and say what you will about the draw of the Knicks. It is a much greater appeal to have a legacy as a Los Angeles Laker than those New York Knicks, as much as people in New York want to say the opposite. The reason we're talking about this story is because he was spotted in L.A. today. There were a throng of Laker fans trying to persuade him to come to L.A. And I think what we've learned over the last year and what Kyrie Irving has learned over the last year is, man, as a number two to LeBron, that was pretty good. Me as the number one, I kind of screwed everything up. There's a mirror there. Kyrie Irving can look in it. Do you know who will be very happy if Kyrie uh, goes to the Lakers? Who's that? Everyone in the Celtics. <laughs> Everybody. Oh, my God. He's Everybody. right. This guy. He's right. All oh, of them. Yes, possible. all of them. <laughs> 
Do you think Chris Long's comments should lead the NFL to reconsider their marijuana policy? Okay, let's check in with Chris Long. He is now retired. Uh, my father uh, loves to do that with marijuana stories. Those uh, look more like party favors than, well, no, that looks, yeah, that looks like what it is. All right, let's check in with Chris Long and Dan Patrick. I don't want to, I'm not a dry snitch. I'm not going to put a percentage on how much the league smokes, but um, I certainly enjoyed my fair share on a regular basis through my career. So, I think the testing is is arbitrary. You know, the league, speaking plainly, knows damn well what they're doing. I mean, testing players once a year for um, street drugs, um, which is a terrible classification for, you know, marijuana, um, is kind of silly because, you know, players know when the test is. We can stop. Um, and in that month or two that you stop, um, you're going to reach for the sleeping pills. You're going to reach for the, the painkillers. You're going to reach for, you know, the bottle a little bit more. On the weekend, you're going to have a few more drinks, and a few turns into a few too many. This is an interesting question. It's been one for a long time because when you're in the pain business, doesn't it make sense that you should be at the forefront alleviating the pain of your employees? It's a known secret throughout the sport that the league is more interested in making it look like they're policing this than actually policing it. You don't need to police it in that sport as government laws change. And if you're the NFL and you want to be a leader on moral things like you are with domestic abuse, even though you're out of your element when you try to do that and embarrass yourself at every turn you might want to be a leader here too for your employees who are in pain who might be able to use this stuff without the employed stigma his comments are another drop in the bucket and we've already seen the nfl has agreed to study marijuana and its benefits etc so we are heading in that direction i like to have a little fun with this story i love what chris long said when he talked about going to the club and guys going to the club and getting all this trouble late at night if they smoke marijuana they might not even make it to the club okay and i'm pretty sure in his comment afterward on twitter he said his three-year-old son had a timeline you want to show me the three-year-old kid with a twitter uh, account because i can't imagine that one can actually do that i don't know if a three-year-old can read I am hungry. Right? <laughs> All of us are. Good God, that was a vigorous defense of the munchies right there. Coming up next on my son's TV show, Tyson Fury. What was your relationship like with your father? I mean, did you have many choices beyond following fighting? I left school at 10 years old to concentrate on being a fighter. That's how confident I was I was going to be the heavyweight champion of the world. My Son's TV show is brought to you by Wendy's, made to crave chicken sandwiches, now available at participating restaurants. Joining us at the beach today, Tyson Fury. One of the great names in sports. He will defend his lineal heavyweight title against Tom Schwartz at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, June 15th. Let's talk to him. What would you look back on and say, that is the thing that's most responsible for shaping me in my first, you know, 15, 20 years of life? Is it boxing or is it something else? Um, it's really hard to say, pinpoint one thing that made me the champion I am today. Um, I don't think one specific thing or one specific person made this. A lot of people have put a lot of different things into me and helped me and, and spoke to me and we've had long conversations and I think it's a life experience that, that I um, owe all this to. Do you know what I mean? It's just the things I've been through in my life and come through the other side and, and that's all, it all plays a big part in, in you as a person. 
What was your relationship like with your father? I mean, did you have many choices beyond following fighting? I left school at 10 years old to concentrate on being a fighter. That's how confident I was I was going to be the heavyweight champion of the world. I had no interest in anything else. I had offers from basketball teams and things, obviously being very tall like I am and athletic, I probably could have went into any, any sport I wanted to. But I chose boxing because it's what I was born to do. You're bright, you're introspective. Leaving school at 10 years old left what kind of damage? It didn't leave any damage. Um, a lot of my friends who was in school at the time, and they all had big ambitions, and I think I've been the most successful person in my school, barring none. So, and I, I left at 10, and they went right through to college, university, graduation, all that sort of stuff. And um, I way succeeded those guys. So I knew what I was going to do, I just, and I knew how to do it. Was there any doubt or concern in your family about pulling you out of school at 10 years old? No. All my family believed that I was going to be the heavyweight champion of the world. There was no doubt. From the first day I laced a pair of boxing gloves on until this moment now where we're sat here, I was always going to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Heavyweight champions aren't made, they're born. So you're saying you weren't programmed? You're saying, even though your lineage, even though your father, you saw him, he was a fighter, that's the model in the house, you're saying this was preordained, this is destined, this has nothing million, to do with... One million percent. It has nothing to do with who you are, where you're from, what background you're from. Because I was told that I wouldn't make it as a boxer because I didn't come from a disprivileged background. You know, when I was 17, I had brand new Mercedes cars going, going to the gym. I had everything that... that I, a young man could want. I could earn money outside of boxing. I didn't need to become a fighter to change my life because I was happy with the life I already had. But I believe that the driving one individual is what counts, no matter what background you're from. But I, I once stood a round table with Lennox Lewis, Frank Bruno, and a couple of other heavyweight champions from the past, a couple of cruiserweight champions as well, and they all agreed that, that I won't make it because I didn't come from that background. So how wrong people are to judge others on their background. What a strange thing then, and I know we've talked about some of this before, to arrive at your dreams, at your preordained destiny, and to be empty and look around and be like, uh, well, this is kind of empty. Let me go get the cocaine. Let me go get the booze. Let me go get lost. I thought this was going to be something else. Like, you haven't had a darker period than that one, have you? No, but I've suffered with depression and anxiety my whole life. I didn't really understand it up until recently where I'd done a lot of research on it. I trained and I'd, I'd put all my eggs in one basket on becoming heavyweight champion. My goal was always to beat Vladimir Klitschko. And when I achieved that, it was like a darkness, an emptiness had arose on me. I was, I was very depressed going into the Vladimir Klitschko fight. But one thing I'm good at is keeping my personal life and me as a boxer separate. When I'm boxing, I'm boxing. Nothing else matters. But when you're not and you've got all that time to think about everything that's going on, and put yourself in a deeper depression. That's what happened to me. Um, I achieved everything I ever wanted to achieve, beating Klitschko, becoming a world champion, and earning plenty of money and becoming successful. But it, all, it was all pointless because I was very ill at the time. Even before the fight, I was saying very stupid things like, I don't care if I get knocked out in one round, all this sort of stuff, and um, this will be my last fight, win, lose or draw. And It was just... I was going for a very reckless time in my life where I was, I was deeply, deeply depressed and I had nobody or nothing to turn to. I didn't know how to come out about it, how to get help. 
and it just spiralled worse and worse. And I thought that it must be me. There's something wrong with me. That why I'm feeling like this, but. I recently found out that I'm not the only person who suffers from mental health problems, and it's a massive, massive problem in the world. Did you know that mental health is the biggest killer of men under 30, 35 years old, bigger than cancer, car crashes, any other disease, mental health? It must have been interesting to you to learn that in real time, to find words on a page that spoke, oh, this is what was wrong with me. This is, it, it must, there must have been great discovery in it very good discovery you know i felt uh loneliness um I, th a feeling that i was going to be left behind a feeling that of worthlessness for a long 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 time and finally understanding it and speaking to doctors about it really helped me and i don't believe that you can help get help or help yourself unless you're willing to learn because if you know nothing on the matter how can we talk about it have you been able to not judge yourself as you learn more about it and understanding brain chemistry and all that stuff so that you can be gentle with yourself? 100%, you know, you can be too harsh on yourself. You can judge yourself, you can beat yourself up about things that go on. But you know, one thing I have learned throughout all the, all the career and all the, the mental health problems is live for today. Forget about yesterday, live for today, because we're not promised tomorrow. When did you get to grateful? I got to grateful when I come out the other side of the dark tunnel because up until I, I had this depression and I was going through this my whole life, sort of on a professional level, I took everything for granted. Like whatever I wanted, I'd done and achieved and it all came so easy to me. But it was the personal life that I was struggling with. Tyson Fury as a brother, a son, a husband and a father rather than Tyson Fury as a boxer and a showman. That side was great. The home side wasn't so great. Um, it got to a point where... Only a few years ago, I definitely thought that I was going to end up in a padded room, in a straitjacket somewhere. Um, and I think you've got to give thanks and, and be grateful for breathing fresh air and being in a well mood when you're thinking like that to get to this point again. I'm just so happy to be alive and well. And I'm going to continue to spread the story as much as I can to inspire others to, to get well again. And because I'm a living example, proof that you can come back from anything no matter how low it gets or no matter what you do in your life you can always pick yourself up dust yourself off and continue to move forward if you're willing to seek help tyson appreciate the honesty as always love talking to you thank you sir all the best god bless you take it easy highly questionable this broadcast from the clevelander hotel on beautiful south beach miami Time to play the game that thinks a pint of ice cream is a single serving. Do you question? Uh, Dan thinks it's half a serving. You give us topics and events, we question. A them. quarter on the drunkest days. Do you question if the Marlins were raw? This would be higher in the show if it were a kneeling football player, but in this case, we've only got two players disrespecting the anthem by staring each other down. Marlins and Tigers. What do we have? Detroit Tigers. After the two teams were out on the field for the national anthem, they're still hanging strong. Also out on the field is Craig Mintervini. He's third in slugging, and he'd still be ahead in many of those other categories. By the way, the standoff is still going on. Daniel stopped. Andy Alcantara to the left, even though you can't see it, because uh, thankfully Curtis Granderson has, has gotten him all dressed up in all kinds of stuff. But it looks like Fielding Culbreth is... <laughs> Is forcing him off the field. What? <laughs> oh, you lose! Officials you have lose. no part in this stand-up. Oh, that's right. 
<laughs> the Congratulations to you, sir. Man, even the fun that they have in baseball is boring. You know what I mean? He's right about that, right? Yeah, that was wacky. That was hijinks right there. How long do you have to sit there and watch that play out? Was there a shift during it? Did they shift all the players to one side of the field? Do you question if Steve Nash is good with kids? Izzy Gutierrez is old enough to remember that Laker team that was going to win championships. Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, and Kobe Bryant. He retired in 2015. Body did not hold up with the Lakers. Here he is playing soccer, a sport he's very good at, with kids. Is he competitive there? Is he crazy? Did he recently cry on television after that Liverpool match? I think he might be a little crazy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, he's got a neck. Oh, for the love of God. I mean, there's got to be a ref there. That's a yellow, maybe a red even. That is a red. The <laughs> undercarriage to the back of the head. Watch it here. You'll see it. Hold on. Slow motion. Oh. This is not it yet. Here. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah. And then someone. Oh, right there saying. for you. <laughs> wow. That's the first time I have ever seen a Steve Nash play defense. <laughs> That's Never did it before. That's right. Uh-huh. That is That's right. right. He agrees with Genius, himself. Okay. Do you question if this guy had it coming? It should be the name of the show, honestly. And you would watch it more than you do presently. I know you would. Let's see what we have here. Did this guy oh. have it coming? Is, is he, he going to bother these cows? Cows? He's cleaning up mm-hmm. cow stuff. Is he going to get sprayed? Look out. Oh, there it is. There oh. it is. Yes. Yes. That that guy's oh dear God! Did he have it coming? It's just a job hazard. <laughs> I know it is. Come on, that's unfair. I didn't know that was a job hazard from that distance, though. Did you? Oh, I did not man. know that. No, I did not know that. Explosive, Dan. It could happen to any. It species. couldn't happen from that distance. Again, got his hamstrings into it. It was a bit much. You ever tried it? That guy had a day. Yes, yes, he, does. Did. he does every day, but that day yeah. was more than most. He's probably down in the dumps. <laughs> it is, because you see, it's a bad way to make a career. You can understand how it would be uh, something that didn't appear fruitful. But the dumps was up by his face. That stinks, you know? <laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. A third one go. for your perusal. Holy cow. <laughs> ah, holy cow. <laughs> holy <laughs> Oh, you could go, see, you could use that one two ways. I'm writing these down. What else we got? He should have move out of the way. <laughs> Time to play the game that is thinking about buying a pair of skinny jeans. See? Oh, no. I haven't had those since I was 12 years old. You tell us what to watch on television tonight. We tell you if we're intrigued. Tonight on CBS, The Late Late Show with James Corden. Oh, I'm a big, big fan of both Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle Union is a big fan of Poppy, and, of course, Poppy's not a big fan of Dwayne Wade. Now I've got you caught up. Let's see what we have here. You know, when he got into the NBA, he didn't have any money. He was, you know, pretty close to poverty. Um, And then he's retired. Now he does okay for himself. But he's like, what is this place? There's got all kinds of, like, khaki shorts and and cargo shorts. And there's all different colors. I'm like, that's Old Navy. Um, (laughs) Like, he's never, he just does, like, doesn't go to, like, he's never been to a car wash. And he's like, I love it there. I'm like, the car wash? He's like, Wow. <laughs> he has no idea how much like milk costs. He's like, what is that, about $20? And I'm like, what kind of goat's blood milk are you? No, it's, it's like, what? 
Yeah, we're now familiar with who's running things in their financial relationship. Izzy, are you intrigued? I mean, now that I know he does a late night television show and just doesn't sing carpool karaoke, of course I'll watch. How about you, Gonzo? Are you intrigued? Oh, see, see, I'm very intrigued. I wish he had drunk more milk when he played, and that way his bones wouldn't have turned into a dog. Come on, man. man. Come on. Come on. He's retired. Oh, he Give him a break. Great season, he man. brought you championships. What are you doing? And ice cream. Come on. In syndication, Jeopardy. Oh, you remember that grinning freak who won all those dollars on Jeopardy? He used to be a sports gambler. He's condescending to Trebek. Trebek's usually the one who gets to be condescending. Look at this. Two dimes, please. All right. That's 2,000. I know. (laughs) Two dimes, please. All right. That's 2,000. I know. (laughs) Yes, and he gave him some creepy tongue. Uh, That guy is a creepy robot, and uh, he scares me, even though he's, you know, a champion and everything. Izzy, are you intrigued? The level of disrespect there, and you heard Alex Trebek say, I know, because of course he knows. That guy should have done that. He's so good, though, he beat beat Trebek to the condescension. (laughs) You know how hard that is? Bobby, are you intrigued? Oh, see, see, I'm very intrigued. Listen, this, this guy has missed 27 questions over 25 shows. Oh, they fix his song. You know, I'm telling you, they fix his song. It's not on. I tell you what. It's in. It's not on. The fix is not on. In or on. It's something. But tonight, tonight, I'm telling you, he's going to fall flat in his face because he's going to miss two questions. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's going to swing and miss because he's going to miss two questions tonight. Spoiler alert. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for watching. Radio show, 10 to 1 Eastern, ESPN Radio, and download it. It's funny. It's not that funny. (laughs) It's pretty funny, man. It's pretty funny. It has not enough poppy in it.